So I wasn't just a simple, you know, guy in the band who didn't care about business. I was always interested in, oh, where's the test market? Here's the thing in the music business, by the way, back in the 90s, I presume this is still true. If you were not from Holland, the Netherlands, or New Zealand, and you'd had a minor hit in another territory, what the labels would do is release your song in those two territories, Holland and New Zealand. And if your song was a hit in those two, they would push the promotional button worldwide. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton. And if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Dear friend, my listeners, I'm so glad that you are back with me today. I want to tell you, well, you probably already know that I have a struggle with too many ideas a lot of the time, focus. I get squirreled a lot. I try to do too many things in one day. And over the past six years, I have learned how to cut my to-do list back from 35 items a day to five items a day. But I can only get those five items done if I'm focusing on them. Back in 2015 or 2016, one of my dear friends and clients introduced me to this awesome app called Focus at Will. And I am thrilled and honored that today we have the founder of Focus at Will, Will Henschel, here with us. Will, I'm so happy to have you. Welcome to Positive Productivity. Hi, Kim. Positive Productivity. Have you been inside my brain in the last few weeks? Because I am all about positive productivity and being happy and fulfilled when you're working. Now, would I be scared if I were in there or would I be okay? <laughs> that is the leading question. I'm going to need to talk to my lawyer first and ask whether <laughs> no, serious. <laughs> no, yeah. What I'm really interested in as an entrepreneur, I mean, your podcast is aimed at people like me. You know, I run a small business. I'm a seven times entrepreneur. I have terrible difficulty focusing, which is part of why I'm able to do what I can do. And, you know, and, you know, you and I were briefly talking before we had this call and I asked you, who, who is this podcast aimed at? And what you said described me completely. And then you <laughs> secondarily. So. Right. Well, I got to tell you, um, Will, like I designed a planner back in 2015, I think, no, 2016, because I couldn't find a planner that would work for me. I was loading, like there would be spaces to write down the list for the day. So I made a planner that only gave me five spots, you know, one, two, three, four, five. Well, what I started doing was putting extra bullets in each of those five spots. So out of those five, I, I got 15. <laughs> <laughs> and I still only got one or two items done because I am squirreled, you know, the movie Up where the squirrel 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 like I, yeah. I would just be chasing so yeah. many things around yeah. but thanks to programs like focus at will like okay kim you have 25 minutes focus on this and get it the hell done so you don't have to think about it anymore and the client yeah. can stop asking about it well focus at will is a is a music service that has a specific genre and type of music which is individually set up for your brain type each person's brain type and it is scientifically proven to help reduce distractions when you're working. Here's why this is incredibly relevant for you and me and people like you and me. And that is the most productive people, the most capable, the most talented 
entrepreneurs in, pos- in general are the most easily distracted. We can get a lot done, but we can easily end up just, you know, sorting out our... What happens? I don't know if this happens to you. I'm like, I'm working and I need to find a photograph for something. And now I'm in my photos. And now half an hour later, I'm now sorting pictures out of my mom and dad when they were... I'm like, what am I doing? I'm off on a distraction tangent. And the reason I got into this, by the way, is that one of my previous companies, me and uh, another couple of guys invented a system that does a audio collaboration tool. There's a system called Pro Tools, which is the pro audio, you know, mixing recording studio tool that, that all the big studios use. And the company that I created was called Rocket Network, and we developed some technology that became the Pro Tools collaboration system, sold them, sold it to Avid in the early 2000s. And I actually ended up in a, having a desk job. That must have been like torture. It was hard, yeah. And I discovered that when I'm sitting in a cubicle trying to work, <laughs> I couldn't be very productive. And then I noticed I got to know many of the other amazing engineering team. I was part of the networking engineering team. And I noticed that the most talented engineers were the most easily distracted. And they had a culture of not distracting the most talented engineers. You weren't allowed to knock on someone's door after, say, midday. And then this guy, he drinks, they used to have Jolt Cola back in the day that was like (laughs) a Coca-Cola drink with like 10 times the amount of caffeine. This guy has all of that going on and he has a game on and then he has a talk radio on and he's listening to music. People, when they're very talented, figure out their own thing. But the most, the most talented, the most productive are the most easily distracted. And that's what led me trying to figure out is the music (laughs) is the music that can help and the answer is there is i was in a clubhouse room about a month back and i was talking about how i'm squirrel-brained and then i i my husband and i share an office he's not in the office right now listeners my husband leaves the office because he has a tendency to burp which i don't quite like (laughs) on podcast (laughs) recordings you don't just you don't have a swear delay on your podcast you have a burp delay i seriously need one I really do. But he heard me say, and my husband is squirrel brain too. And he got so offended. But then I, and I didn't know he was offended until a few days later when I suggested that he write a to-do list of two to three things that he wanted to get done that day. Because he's newly an entrepreneur. Okay. And he let me know that the, that squirrel brain comment really hurt his feelings. I was like, okay, but let's look at your computer right now. He's a game designer. Okay. And an artist and a streamer. I was like, so you have a video game launched on one monitor. You're watching, like, I'm looking over at his screen right now because I'm, even though he's not here, I'm like, what is he doing right now? There's a YouTube video going while the video game is on. He's probably got his Twitch software going somewhere. And he's, while he's playing the game and watching the YouTube video, he's also designing the graphics for his Twitch stream. Like, okay. And how many other apps do you have open? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like, yeah, I I wasn't trying. I'm not trying to offend you, but how about just focus on one thing for two seconds and see if you can get it done? It's like, but I insist. My question to you, though, is, is he overall productive? Oh, Oh, he's not. No, I actually just heard he's not going to be coming in anytime and he doesn't subscribe to my podcast and that's okay. Then I can talk about him. He's giving the dog a bath right now. Okay, so creating the grocery list for online grocery orders takes six hours for him. 
But if we just turned on something and made them focus, the grocery list could be done in 25 minutes. And then we would actually be able to pick up the groceries the same day that the order was started. Just get What you're describing is classic attention deficit disorder. Mm-hmm. Now, one of my science advisors in Focus at Will is a guy called Dr. Ned Hallowell. And Ned Hallowell is a psychiatrist. He is based out of Boston, and he is the nation's leading expert on attention deficit. Now, he says that calling it disorder is doing a disservice to all of the people who are like that. About 5% of the population have significant attention deficit. These are kids who are ADD. You might hear it known as ADHD, right, which Mm -hmm. is attention deficit hyper disorder, but it's the same kind of thing. And Ned Halliwell has been on our science team for nine years, I think now, and we've become close. Uh, I love him. He's a strange, like most psychiatrists, he's a strange guy. He's really hyper and he's really ADD himself. And actually, I'd heard about him when I started this company 10 years ago. And I was like, oh, he's the guy that wrote the book Driven to Distraction. It's the best-selling Amazon book. It's called Driven to Distraction. And then I heard he was writing another book called Driven to Distraction at Work. And it's all strategies and background about how and why this happens for a percentage, you know, 5 to 10% of the population. And then one day I get a phone call out of the blue and this voice goes, Hi, I'm Ned Hallowell and I just want to, are you Will from Focus at Will? And I was like, yeah, that, that is me. He goes, I just want to tell you, I finished my new book, Driven to Distraction at Work, and I've been using your music to do it. And wow. I, was, I was like, damn. He goes, I've given you a thanks in the book. I was like, Ned, would you, would you be interested in joining our science team? And he did. Now, having him in my life has been extraordinary. He said to me, you, Will Henschel, me, are ADD, and that's why you've been successful. He said, it's not a disorder. It's an advantage. It's a difference. And he said that some, all it means is that if you are easily distracted, you need to have multiple things happening. You need to have a lot of distractions in your a lot of stimulation in your local environment to be able to focus on something. He said to me, Will, are you good in a crisis? And I was like, yeah, I am. I don't even need to ask you, Kim. Are you good in a, I'm going to ask you anyway. Are you good in a crisis yourself? Well, I have five kids. Oh, that's, you four just animals. My question it, that's just life. And they're all still alive. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I used to dream about the day when life was, quote, normal. Oh, no. I'm, and by normal, I meant calm. Yeah. And then one day I had an awakening where I realized that's not going to happen. This is normal. This is my normal. Yeah. Chaotic is normal. So some people are wired in a certain way that they need a lot of things around them to be calm. Now, if you've got friends who are first responders of any kind, police, fire, medics, these are folk who just are incredibly calm at work. Most of the time, if the cops arrive, you know, I've got friends who are like this who are in the police department and they show up at a scene and they're like completely calm. A normal person would be just like, oh my God, I know But they're like, hey, what seems to be the problem, right? What happens is their brain type means that they are able to really line up and be calm when there's a lot of things going on. Some other jobs that being like that is a real critical air traffic control. Think about the stress you're under. What about, what about being a second grade teacher? Even worse, what about being an 
eighth grade teacher. <laughs> well, I have twin kindergartners. Oh, you do? A first grader, a freshman, and a senior. Oh, boy. Okay, so yeah, I, I don't know how teachers do it, but I want to share. I was watching Close Encounters of the Third Kind this past weekend. And at the beginning, they have a scene with the air traffic controllers. And it was like, how are they staying so calm? But it's just knowing what that area is. And by the way, I also need to share, my husband can't do blood. I can't do vomit or boogers. I just can't. So sometimes you just have to find that person, whether in your, you know, your significant other or partners in your business that can handle the chaos that you Yeah, there's different kinds of chaos. So Ned told me that, because I was like, well, why is it a thing that kids in particular with ADD are given very strong stimulants and that calms them down. Have you talked about that on the show before to anybody? You just blew my mind by asking that question because I have never been able to figure out. I'm undiagnosed ADHD or ADD. I have never been able to figure out why Mountain Dew puts me to sleep. Well, that's the sugar rush. Yeah, absolutely. So again, I'm going to quote Ned. He, he explained to me very simply how this works. He said, everybody's brain, all humans, we're all the same. It doesn't matter what gender you are, where you come from. It doesn't matter. All humans, we're wired the same. There's a clock at the back of our head that keeps us on point. And the clock is around, you know, four times a second, something like that. You don't know it. It's just a thing that happens in your brain. And so right now, my clock is going, talk to Kim, talk to Kim, talk to Kim. So we can have a nice conversation. I've got a cup of coffee here, so I'm kind of focused and talking to you now. Now, someone with extreme ADD, their clock is running slowly. And the reason why is there's two parts of your brain. There's your non-conscious mind, which is this clock I'm talking about. And then there's my conscious mind, which is me talking to you. And if my clock is running slowly, what happens is this. It goes, talk to Kim. I'm now looking out of the window going... Ooh, that's a squirrel, you know? Oh, Kim, sorry. It, now my clock goes, talk to Kim. I'm like, oh, sorry, Kim, what were you saying? And now my mind is wandering. I'm looking over there and I go, I got to fix that light bulb. What do you say? Oh, sorry, Kim. So weirdly and counterintuitively, if your clock is running slowly, it means that you are easily distracted. Now, when someone like that takes a stimulant, You've heard of Adderall and Ritalin. These, these, are, this, yeah. this, these are methamphetamine. These are dangerous drugs in a lot of ways. But what happens is it's speeding the clock up. So when a kid takes a stimulant like that, what it's doing is it's going, talk to Kim, talk to Kim, talk to Kim, talk to Kim. Talk. And I am very, very focused on the thing I'm doing. Now, folk who are not ADD, you know, diagnosed properly, often self-diagnose, like by drinking a whole bunch of coffee. Mm-hmm. I need to ask you another question. This is another question from, from Ned, which is, if you drink a couple of espressos late at night, Eddie, can, can you always sleep or does it actually make you sleepy sometimes? I don't know about espressos, but if I have Mountain Dew, that's later in the evening right. and I fall asleep quickly, right. which is strange. But I think you're about to explain it. It's the same thing. It yeah. is speeding up your internal clock. So think about when you're sleeping, what, what we do as humans, we kind of relax and we concentrate on going to sleep. Now, if your internal clock is running pretty fast, it's going, 
It's okay, Kim, go to sleep. It's okay, Kim, go to sleep. And so you can go to sleep. If your clock is running slowly and you're trying to sleep, it's going, you can go to sleep, Kim. And now your brain is like, okay. I have another idea for you. Right. (laughs) So that is why people with ADD are very easily distracted unless they've got a lot of things going on. So a lot of entrepreneurs have, you know, a board behind you. I mean, I'm looking at your office behind you. There's a lot just, and I'm sure I'm just looking at a corner of it now. My this office is actually is, pared down. Oh, good. Mine is the same. It's chaos over there. I'm just uh-huh. pointing for anybody listening to this on audio. My, over there. It is chaos. I dare not turn this camera around. Right. You just don't want to see. I will not show you my desk. Okay. Yeah, me too. If my wife comes in and clears up my desk, I am like, now what? Are you in trouble? Like, can you find anything after somebody else cleans oh. stuff up? I've got a big pile of stuff here that I know is in there. Everything is in that. Yes. that you know, and one day I'll get to it in the next the piles. two piles. Yes. My husband, I, I put into our, my, our wedding vows, I promise I will decrease my piles. I'm not joking. It was in my wedding vows to him. Well, that's a relative term. Now I just have one big pile. Instead there of we go. That's what I, like. <laughs> I I didn't say I get rid of all of my piles. I just get rid of that. I just pile. decreased. I decreased the number. I didn't decrease what was in it. How do we as entrepreneurs who are highly capable, I've been through seven startups and able to have an idea to build it out, to raise money if you're doing that, or to be able to do any of these things, you have to be able to sit down and make stuff happen. Mm-hmm. So Focus at Will is this music service that I created about 10 years ago. I have a fantastic team here in LA. And we have many different types of music that are proven to help you work. And the more easily distracted you are, the more energy you need in your music stream. Mm. So imagine you've got a friend really distracted all the time. What you might want to do is think about playing them some maybe something like that or maybe something like this just to calm them down well guess what Eh, that will not work at all that wouldn't work for me no i know that's the case A lot of people, I'm actually playing you live examples from the Focus at Will system here. That would work for me. Right. About 40% of our users, we've got a couple of million users, 40% of our users listen to this channel. It's called Up Tempo. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's kind of a dancey, trancey music and it keeps you on track. People who find that a little intense... Listen to this channel. This is called Alpha Chill. It's a little slower. A little less intense. The pulse is a little slower. Our most popular channel on the system is unique to the system. It's called Nature Beat. is a combination of the two channels similar to the two channels I've just played you, plus the sounds of nature. Yeah, I could totally focus to this. Right? Yeah. 
That's been a very, that's a new channel that actually I personally um, have created as a songwriter and as a musician um, on the system. It's the most popular channel. To quickly move into people who are really ADD, there is a channel on the system for people who are on meds and who are actually diagnosed with ADD. And it sounds like this. If you are ADD, this is kind of relaxing. And you're like, yeah, I could get that working. If you're not ADD, you find it a horrific noise, but you're smiling. I'm just going to play it up. I'm going to play that again. No, I'm thinking that's what my husband listens to all day long. I'm just going to play it some more. Uh And it's speeding up the clock in the back of your brain. I'll just turn it off because I know a lot of people find that very noisy. I've got thousands of letters from people who've said, your ADD channel is a piece of... What the? But I play it, and it can't. I don't have ADD, but I play that channel, and it helps me focus. <laughs> wow! Yeah, I think that channel is a little bit much for me. I love the nature combo one. A nature I'm, beat. Yeah. yeah, I'm curious though, because so as a musician, and I want you to share a little bit about your life as a musician too. Did your music help you focus? Because and I, before you answer, my youngest, we can tell him to go get his socks. And 15 minutes later, he has not gotten his socks, but he's done 18 other things. But music, you get him into music in some way. If you play a little clip of a song, like he's totally focused on that. You can lose him in music all day. Yes. Well, a little bit earlier, I mentioned that we have two parts of our brain. There's my conscious attention which is me talking to you now. And there's my non-conscious attention, which is the part of my brain keeping me safe. It's to do with the fight or flight. I'm sure you've heard of that. And so if, you know, let's say you and I were uh, were talking, let's say we go back to the, the cave times, right? And uh, back thousands and thousands of years ago, thousands of generations ago, you and I are sitting by the fire and we're eating like a Flintstone... <laughs> A big, huge bone thing, right? Having some. And what's happening is we're talking to each other, but our non-conscious attention, which is our ears mostly, is listening for predators. Mm. Listening for, specifically, it's listening for kind of the sound of a stick, click sound, right? Mm -hmm. Because that would mean that something's behind us. We're listening for if the sound of the forest around us changes, if it goes quiet, whoa. Now that happens You've got a house of kids. I've gone through that. My what kids now I'm an empty nester. If there is quiet in the playroom, what do we do? We run in there as fast as we can because mm-hmm. we know that something is going on. Yeah. Right? You know it. So these responses are kind of hardwired into our brains. Um, we are also really hardwired to listen to the sound of a human voice. So if you and I are talking right now and either of us hear a human voice, whether we know it or not, or whether it's in another language, that part of our brain is going to pay attention to it, your non-conscious attention. And it's going, is that food? Is that danger? Or is that sex? It's wired into our brains. And we're making that, not we, but our non-conscious attention is always paying attention for those things. Is it a sandwich? Is it someone going to hit me? Or is it someone I'd like to get to know. 
right? So that manifests itself, particularly with music, that if you listen to music that has words in it, or if you have listened to music that has sounds in it that sound like a human voice, or you listen to music that has a lot of dynamic range, like a lot of classical music gets very quiet. And then it gets really loud. Right. Right? Yeah. Beethoven's fifth, it goes da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da, and then it gets really quiet. Right. Right? Yeah. Your non-conscious attention is listening to changes in sound volume, and it is listening for the sounds of voices. So something we found early on in Focus at Will is that the music has to be instrumental. It has to be instrumental. And we found that the type of music that works for each person is different. Mm-hmm. In fact, if, if you go to focusatwill.com, just on the homepage, there's a quiz that will predict which music will work best for your brain type. And it has about an 80% accuracy. And I, I played some of the examples earlier on, and they go from the ADD, which is the very extreme, I'll just quickly burst through some of these. It goes through that. It goes down to up-tempo. Sounds like that. Slightly more down-tempo. To acoustic music. Right? To ambient music. The sounds of water. This one always makes me want to go to the bathroom myself. So what I've just done is I've shown you a sort of range of audio types that map to different people's brains. 85% of the people on the Focus at Will system find their exact channel, their exact genre, and then each channel has a sort of a lever, which is a low, medium, and a high, like a gear lever in a car. And they never change. Once you've found it, you're dialed in and you're good to go. Hey there, my friend. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. If you haven't gathered by now, I love empowering entrepreneurs with the systems, support, and community to work smarter instead of harder. So today I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com forward slash connect to find a huge list of resources and ways that you can connect with me and my community. Remember, it's not about being everywhere, but it's about being in the best place for our business at the right time. Again, head on over to thekimsutton.com forward slash connect to see the whole list of ways that you can connect with me and other members of the positive productivity community. Now let's get back to today's episode. I don't want to take up our time here, but I'm so curious to go take the quiz. And you know what? I'll put it in the show notes, everybody, which you can find at duckhimsutton.com forward slash PP718 for episode 718. 718, my favorite number. So you asked me about my music career. Yes, before I did this, I was in a band that was pretty successful in the 90s called London Beat. And I'm going to play you a little burst of one of the songs that I think you might know. Coming up. 
So that was a band called London Beat. And I was the guitarist and the founder of the band and the main writer. And I was the white guy. <laughs> There's three R&B, African-American singers and myself. And it was a very fun time. We had five big hits around the world. Thinking About You was our best known. It was uh, number one here in the States. It was one of the most played songs in the 90s on the radio. And I was the BMI PRS writer of the year for writing the song. I know that song. I knew it when you started playing it before we pushed record. And the first thing that came up in my mind is, oh, am I going to get copyright dinged on this? No, and then we, you explained. We just played under 30 seconds of it. So I think. You well, can... no, I mean, you were part of the band. I know, but I don't own the copyright anymore. Oh, boy. It's owned by BMG, Sony and MCA Records. But we played less than 30 seconds. And if there's a problem, you can edit it out. Unfortunately, I don't think you'll have a problem. No, with it. I don't think so. Wait, but you're just, you're so full of valuable info. 30 seconds. That's the, that's the magic number. Okay. Yeah, depends which service it's on. But yeah, if you, if you play something that's publicly, because we're having an editorial conversation, right? Yeah. This is not paid advertisement at all. Right. This, this is literally a journalistic podcast. So yeah. it is fair use. Oh, I, so as I shared, I mean, my husband's a Twitch streamer and there's times that he just wants to put a little blurb of a song in. Yeah, keep it under 30 seconds. Under 30 seconds, sweetie. He just came back into the office. All right. So how did the transition happen from the band to going? Did you already have businesses happening while you while you were touring and everything? Or how did the transition happen? That's a good question. I come from a long line of British inventors and entrepreneurs. And so starting a band is very like being in a startup. It's an entrepreneurial project from the beginning. And what happens is this was back, well, I started the band in the late eighties. The four of us got together. We wrote some songs. We got a record deal based on those songs. We were pretty good live. So we went out and promoted those songs. We tested the songs live with the audiences. We went out and toured with a, some well-known bands at the time. We worked with Brian Ferry and Mick Jagger and the Eurythmics and a bunch of bands back in the day. Then we would play our songs that no one had heard yet to a live audience and then we'd be able to we're a b testing the songs with a live audience you see where i'm going with this and then mm -hmm. went to the record company and we go here's the three songs that we've been testing live that we know that people really like and then the label were like yeah let's record those and get a producer and turn them over. and then we release them and then one of them's a kind of a minor hit and then but now we're at promoting our minor hit. And now we got these two new songs, including this song called I've Been Thinking About You. And all of a sudden, and people are like, you know, we really like that song. And then we wrote and recorded that next song. And all of a sudden we got a hit in our hands, just like being an entrepreneur. Mm. You test something, you test it, you test it, test it. And all of a sudden you go, whoa, dog collars. That's fantastic. Silver sparkly dog collars with a big Fido on the front, whatever it is, right? You, all of yeah. a sudden, like, really? That's what I do? Okay, that's what I do. And being in a band was you're assigned to a major label, but you're independent contractors under contract to the major label. So you are running your own little business. And the band was actually four of us plus a manager, a woman called Sandra Turnbull. And she was our business manager. And her and I were close and we 
had a lot to do with, she had a lot to do with the say of the direction of the band artistically, and I had a lot to do with the say of the band in the business sense. So I wasn't just a simple, you know, guy in the band who didn't care about business. I was always interested in, where's the test market? Here's the thing in the music business, by the way, back in the 90s, I presume this is still true. If you were not from Holland, the Netherlands, or New Zealand, and you'd had a minor hit in another territory, what the labels would do is release your song in those two territories, Holland and New Zealand. And if your song was a hit in those two, they would push the promotional button worldwide. Really? Because they were the test markets. Huh. What made them the test markets? I presume it was a typical demographic and a reflective system of the way that radio and the record buying public at the time could then be mirrored in big markets like the US, Canada, Germany, and the UK. Interesting. That led me, and I come from a long tradition of inventors and entrepreneurs, and then that led me to Rocket Network, which was this audio technology that collaborates uh, over the internet. I raised uh, $42, $43 million in the, in the 90s. Paul Allen, who's the Microsoft co-founder, uh, and a bunch of other big investors, Cisco and so on at the time. I moved from, moved, I was living in New York in the 80s, went back to London to, to do London Beat, and then moved back to California to start uh, the Rocket Network project. And then, as I said earlier on, I ended up having a desk job when I sold Rocket Network to Avid, the video editing and audio editing software company. And (laughs) uh, yeah, I had to learn how to focus on demand. And that then led me to a long journey, which is right now talking to you about being happy, focusing, when you work. One of the things I loved about you and your podcast is this positivity and happiness aspect of what you talk about. Thank you. Yes. I launched a podcast at, at the end of 2016. And even though I had been recording episodes for six months before it launched, in the middle of recording this, those episodes, I admittedly had a breakdown because I had been seeing all these mentors and gurus on social media sharing what they wanted other people to see but they didn't share the bad and the ugly of entrepreneurship behind the scenes, right? So even though I had already come up with the name in the midst of this breakdown, um, it gave me a real awareness that I needed the podcast to share not just the good, but the bad and the ugly, because getting through that period and getting through the struggles that we've experienced in the business and in my family since then and sharing that, has, I would like to think, inspired hope to just keep on going. I mean, I've learned with bouts of anxiety and depression that I can't go into bed and cover my head with my blankets. Like I have to keep on going. But does that mean I can't take time off when I need to? Absolutely not. I need to take time off, but I can't be stagnant. You know, I I need to keep taking action and I need to be focused. I mean, back when I, I launched a podcast, Um, positive productivity podcast where puppies start playing with squeaky toys in the background. I had 16 different projects and I don't mean tasks that I needed to do. I mean, projects, big projects. And I realized that I needed to really cut that down. And one of those projects, well, is a book that I'm finally really working on now called chronic idea disorder, which (laughs) I love it, but I couldn't, 
work on the book because I had so many ideas that I was actively trying to work on. So now I can finally work on it. And I am, I finally can see where it's going for the first time. And I have a, a flow and everything. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Just until this year, it never even occurred to me that what I dubbed, nicknamed, named, whatever, chronic idea disorder, it was just a joke post on social media. I didn't realize until just this year that there's all these entrepreneurs with ADHD who go through very much the same as me. So I never put two to two. Welcome to my life. Nice to meet us. (laughs) Yes, right? (laughs) You know, Steve Jobs was famous for doing all the things he's done, but what not a lot of people know, my initial investor in this company was on Steve Jobs' personal exec team for many, many, many years. And he told me that Steve's super skill was being needle, needle, brutally focused and being willing to nuke great ideas, knowing that his steam and his staff and the time and the opportunity was limited. So he would always have two, three, four, five, six ideas. And then every quarter he would, and these are all fantastic ideas, and he would actually kill a couple of them. They'd be like, done. David Austin is the guy I'm talking about. And David's job was to be his hatchet man. David's job was to go to these teams. Sometimes there's a big team. There might, there might be 150 engineers building this team, building this project. And Steve has decided, no, because he's going to put all of his energy into the iPod <laughs> and not the Newton. This was back in the, in the day. And that always stuck with me that Listen, we're entrepreneurs, we're ideas people, we have loads of ideas. The secret is knowing which are the top three, and of the top three, which is the top one? Yes. Right? And then, if that's not working, be willing to go, you know, we took that as far as we could. What's number two? Yeah. This year, my biggest focus is rebuilding my team so that I can be the ideator, is that the right way to say it, and the mentor, and hand off as much as I can, because I'm tired of being the bottleneck. I'm tired of being, and I just had to say it, the big wad of toilet paper that the kid shoved in the toilet and is now backing everything up. I don't want to be that anymore. So when I can stay in my genius zone, which is coming up with the ideas and, and, and getting on the line with clients and just brainstorming, that's where I love to live. Getting down and doing the nitty gritty. No, thanks. Well, the secret of success is balancing those two things, isn't it? Someone I had an interview with someone a few days ago and she said, oh, you're an ideaist. It's like, that's an interesting thing. I'm an ideaist. But you can't just be an ideaist. You've also got to be a an executionist. You've got to be able to make those ideas happen or have a team with you who can make your ideas happen. And the problem as being an entrepreneur, I'm quite sure that you're in the same boat as I am, is people don't get you. You assume stuff. Like, it's obvious. Just put that over there and do this here. And people are like, what? Put what where? I'm like, look, it's obvious. And they go, it's not obvious. And it is obvious to us and extraordinary and impossible to other people. And so I've had to learn that the hard way. Like, oh, wait a minute, William, you've just got to sit down and draw all this out. You've got to get out all of these assumptions that are in your head. You've got to get it all on paper. You've got to get the, no, stop, slow down. Oh, but slowing down is so hard. I know. <laughs> if there were the option, if there was a beta program where you could have a USB or 
USB-C or whatever their lightning bolt port, whatever they're called right now, installed behind your ear. So you could just download all your thoughts to that, put it in your computer and disperse it to people that needed it. Would you sign up for it? Would you volunteer to be a beta participant? That's a very interesting question. We did a survey. I have 25,000. We have a sort of a, a group within the Focus at Will membership. We have a sort of a, a super group of very engaged, very active users. And it's about 25,000 people. And we do surveys to this group on every so often. And we did one a couple of years ago. And we said it was one of those, you know, Ryan Levesque, the Ask guy. Yeah. yeah. So we followed Ryan's method and we were like, Tell us your biggest challenge at work. Just a bunch of text. And they said, number two was, what do you do about your biggest challenge? Text. And then the third thing, tell us something more, right? And I was expecting the answer to be, oh, I don't like my boss, or I want to make more money, or I'm a, I'm a woman in, uh, in an executive situation, and there's a glass ceiling, and all of the obvious, those things, right? But the answer that came back, by a large majority is, I'm not happy when I'm working. And my biggest challenge is being happy when I'm working. And I was, I was like, wow, really? What do you do about being happy when I'm working? They said, well, I like to listen to music when I'm working because that makes me more productive. So then the follow-up question to these people was, so is it true that you are happy when you're being productive at work and the music system is a tool you use for that? And the answer is yes. So there is a distinct and proven, proven link between people's happiness and how productive or how fulfilled you are on a daily basis, right? That's no news to you, I can see. Yeah. When you're happy and productive and you're being fulfilled generally... You're doing a job that you're being paid for well, and it means that if you're happy and productive when you're working, it means that you're likely to get the promotion or you're likely to be able to find the new opportunities if you're a, an entrepreneur. And if you're working at a company and there's a downturn, of course, in our, in our Western world, there are it's peaks and troughs, right? You will become a valued member of a team and you are least likely to be let go. More companies need to focus on that. But I'm unemployable. That's funny. You and I are similar. I tell people, if if this all went to hell in a handbasket, would I go and get a job? I'm like, no, I'm unemployable. Don't in hi- don't hire me. I'm a disaster to be. But if you have an idea, if you've got a company and you have an idea for an entrepreneur, and you are going to give me an investment, and and I will give you a PNL and a product, so I'm entirely standalone, and I have some compensation around. I'll do it for nothing if I can get my compensation based on my idea, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So 2020 wasn't a bad year for me and the business. 2021, I needed to make a few adjustments and I'm still making, but rather than go get a job sitting in a cubicle, I started door dashing because I don't want somebody telling me when I can take lunch, when I can use the bathroom, timing how long I'm in the ladies room for, you know, no, thank you. Okay. I want to go back to the, to how you got Focus at Will started from what did it look like when you got that initial inspiration and what was the app creation journey like for you? I learned quite a bit about app development 
in the audio technology business in the 90s that I sold to. Uh, it's the, the technology now is called Avid Cloud Collaboration. Anybody that works in, in media will know that. The aha moment came about when I realized in conjunction with not only Dr. Ned Hallowell, but Dr. Evian Gordon, Dr. Julia Mossbridge, these are some other psychologists and attention experts in, in my sphere who I came across. I realized that, oh, the secret here is that everybody's different. And the type of audio and the type of music that works with one person does not work with another. So we needed to build an app that had an onboarding system that would predict which kind of music will work best for your brain type. And then we needed to build out a, an extensive library of music in each one of those sort of buckets. And on the system, there's about 36 buckets. There's about 36 types of energy. And the system directs you into one of the buckets. And so the exciting thing about 10 years ago was that the speed of the net was getting fast enough and reliable enough to be able to stream audio. The cost of streaming audio in a cell phone plan was negligible because there was a lot of video starting to be uh, run. And we're not in competition with Spotify or Apple Music or YouTube Music at all. None of the music you can hear on folks, you can hear anywhere else. I talked to you about the Nature Beat project, which is the most successful channel on the system. You can't get it anywhere else. Those other services are music for entertainment. This is music for a job. This is a music to get you on task when you're working. And I'll just sum up by saying, I'm in the happiness business. That's why I wanted to talk to you. I'm in the happiness at work business. That's what, that's what I live to do. Get in, get it done, do it to the best of your ability, and then get out until you uh, hang out with your kids. You know, I live at the beach here in California. I go out on the beach with my dog. I love it. And just remind me, I have somebody, a few other podcasters to introduce you to. Oh, I'd love to, yeah. I have one last question before we wrap the show. Is there another project that you're working on right now that you are excited about? Because as an entrepreneur with ADHD, this is not, I, I have no doubt that this is not your only thing right now. <laughs> Have you been looking in my brain, Kim? No, I don't need to. We share. Oh, yeah, that's right. We There's have just a divider wall. I, I yeah. know. I'm truly, I'm the same. Yes, I do. I am the CEO also of a men's group in California. It's called Metal International. M-E-T-A-L dot international. And it is a men's group for men who work in media, entertainment, technology, the arts, and leaders. And it's been going for many years, and I am the CEO and the co-owner of the business. And it's a men's group because men, we men, are much better men in our families, in our friends, in our work environments, when we are in contact with regular contact with heart-centered entrepreneurial men. That's why we do. We, we meet every Saturday. There's a huge Zoom. There's many, many hundreds of members from all over the world. The guys range from literally household name, famous actors, musicians, inventors. Nolan Bushnell, who invented the video game, is a regular member. Yeah, it's, that's what I do. So that's my other world. And if there are any men listening to this and you're entrepreneurial and you're heart-centered, come and look at Metal International. We actually have mixed gender events four times a year as well. We run these unconferences. So 
Yeah, that's my other thing. You're right. Actually, the top the top introduction that I wanted to give you will absolutely eat that up. So I'm going to he's he's got a podcast and he would absolutely eat that up. Where do you want people to go to take the quiz for Focus at Will and to learn more about Metal International if they're interested in joining? Okay, well, Focus at Will is focus a t w i l l .com. I'm Will at focusatwill.com. I'm love to hear from people. Always interested in productivity, happiness at work. You know, we humans are designed to be happy animals. And when we're not, even when there's the pandemic, even when there's, you know, we're all in this, uh, we're all on this world together. Absolutely. Metal International is a weird website. It's www.metal.international. There's no dot com or anything else. Well, that made it easy. And as a separate from your businesses, where's the best place for people to connect with you on social? On Facebook, I'm slash Henschel. <laughs> I got a good one. Facebook.com slash Henschel, H-E-N-S-H-A-L-L. I love it. Okay, so I am constantly fighting with a, not fighting, dancing gracefully with another Kim Sutton who's a leader in the mathematics teaching arena. We are constantly going back and forth for top spots everywhere. So I love that you just got Henschel. She claimed most Kim Sutton's across the webs. So someday maybe I'll get it back. But Will, thank you so much. This has been absolutely amazing. Listeners, I encourage you to go over to the show notes at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP718, where you'll find all the links that we talked about, complete show notes, the audio, if you want to re-listen, share and leave a comment down below to let us know how this episode resonated with you. Will, do you have a parting piece of info or a golden nugget? That's not how I meant to say it, but I had a brain fart. A parting, a golden nugget that you can share before we wrap this episode. Not everybody likes to listen to music when they're working. About one person in three has to work in a really quiet place in a library. In my opinion, those are the boring people. You don't want to hang out with those people. <laughs> I'm joking, but most entrepreneurs are not like that. Most entrepreneurs who get stuff done, right? We are people that need a lot of stimulus and it's okay. The squirrel thing is not a disadvantage. It's an advantage. That's it. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.